Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backward. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another episode of Ten Backwards. I'm Rick and I'm joined by my fellow hosts Rick Heverson. Hello. Gemma Sutherland. Hello. And Will Turland. Hello. It's a nice summer evening here in merry old England um, and the subject of this episode is going to be Laxana Troy. It is. How does everyone <laughs> say? Because I, I always just say Laxwana Try. It's Laxwana. It is, isn't it? It's you have to try and say LW together, which is tricky. Mm. Is it Laxwana? Laxwana. 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 She appears in, I think she appears in six of the seven seasons of TNG. She does. And then three seasons of DS9. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's only six, I think it's only even season six of TNG that she's not in. Yeah. But she's in, she's in season one of DS9. Am I right in thinking that actually the time of filming, which would, would have been season six. Yeah. That's yeah. her appearance for that year, I suppose. So she would have, she would have done one track appearance per year. Yes. Yeah, up to the end of season four of DS9. Cause um, mm. she didn't appear in season two of DS9, but that ran concurrently with season seven of TNG yeah. where she did appear. So, so yeah. for, for a solid nine year run, she shows up once a year to, yeah. to appear in track. But of course, um, the actress, uh, Major Barrett, um, uh, it is the voice of the computer in yes. pretty much all series. So. Yeah. And was also uh, the chapel. Yeah. She was, and in and fact, number, number one in yes. the original cage. Mm. It's interesting to note that um, she, at that point, she was in, involved with Gene Roddenberry, creator of Star Trek, later to marry him. And after he um, showed the cage to network execs and they said, there was potential, but there was things they didn't like, like Spock and Number One, basically. He knew he was going to be able to fight for one, but not both. So he kept Spock and dropped the Number One character, but promised he would get her in the show somehow. Mm. And that, that obviously then Nurse Chapel um, through the movies, and then into TNG, he invented a whole new role just for her, which, as we just said, carried on for uh, s- s- nine years. So um, yeah, helped helped be married to the boss, <laughs> and he definitely fulfilled his promise. Kept her in the show for a long time. Yeah. So I, I read that she um, she wasn't the voice of the computer in Enterprise. I, I read a rumor that's because she wasn't keen on Enterprise. But then, yeah. then I heard that she did. I think she does feature as the voice of a computer in two episodes. She features yeah. as the voice of the Enterprise D computer in the Enterprise finale. These are the voyages. Ah, right. Okay. Whether by that point she'd softened or needed some money. Uh. And I guess in um, in the original series, the computer has a very sort of like working, kind of mm. a very sort of robotic voice, doesn't it? So it would it might not have made sense to have a sort of a human sounding voice in Enterprise. Negative. A close copy. A voice duplicator. 98% probability. And on Deep Space Nine, obviously a Kardashian station wouldn't have a Federation computer voice. Yeah. Uh, but she was fairly regular on Voyager as the computer voice. It's kind of interesting that she had a very, as you say, robotic computer voice in TOS. By the time you get to late um, Voyager, it's almost identical to her normal voice. <laughs> almost, some points it almost sounds just like Luaxana Troy is talking. There are 14 varieties of tomato soup available from this replicator. With rice, with vegetables, bowling in style, with pasta, with... Plain. Specify hot or chilled. Hot. Yeah, you you can argue that maybe that the sort of voice synthesis software got <laughs> it sort of improved. Maybe it had an update, yeah. so so it sounds more human. Yeah, and the um, ability to, to sound um, spontaneous rather than yeah. yeah. You could also argue that we're not talking about the computer voice. <laughs> right. We're talking about You're that right. kind of Troy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And actually. Um, yeah, we should try and stay focused, shouldn't we? Because we've yes. only just started. It's our first podcast of the evening. We've not even had a drink yet. Mm. 
So should we should we just should we talk about her very first appearance? Does yes. that sound like a, a good starting point? Yeah, yeah, why not? Cool. Uh, and that is in the season one episode Haven. Am mm-hmm. I right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this when when she um, when she materialises and and arrives on screen, she. Is facing the wrong way, isn't she? It's really, it's really, and it's something they keep up with her character for a bit. It's a trait they repeat in Manhunt Mm. in season two. I don't remember if they do it again after that. I think in Manhunt they even have that she sat down. Oh, and she thinks her legs have gone. I thought that was a joke. I thought she was playing a joke, but. Um, I, no, I, I think I was wrong to think that. I, think. I don't know. I think that as I as I've watched all through her appearances in quick succession, I kind of think you could look at Laxana Troy as sort of playing up her own mm. character. It's like she's putting it on for the, for the benefit of people to an extent. Oh, yeah, I think she's. Yeah. I think. I mean, when I think that that. What really made me realise is in um, a Half a Life, well, so I'll maybe talk about it when we get to that episode. Yeah. But yeah, um, in Haven, she's very much comedy. Mm. She yeah. she is the overbearing mother-in-law type character, yeah. the embarrassing mother, Troy's, you know, Troy's nightmare to come up because, um, you know, he he wants an embarrassing mum to turn up at their work and start hitting on their captain yeah. or boss. That that's exact. That feels like that's the exact vibe when they pitched the the character. That's that's how they they yes. sold it. I think basically what you've said. It's sort of just, and, just a big, brash character, isn't it? Like a troublesome. Mm. In a sort of a troublesome but fun way. Mm. That yeah. Causes havoc. Yeah. Could be like, like a, not like Harry Mudd, but in the same sort of style, like a, a, a very energetic yeah. character mm. that yeah. kind of just bounds in and. Mm. It's and, like <coughs> a mortal cue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd say that it does have a bit in common with Harry Mudd in the in the sort of. The, the sort of slight. She's she's a character unlike um, anyone else on the on the ship. Basically, yeah. she sort of represents a, a, a side, a, you know, a sort of personality that we don't usually see. And a lot yeah. of the a lot of the rules don't really apply to her, yes. or mm. she certainly carries on as if they don't. Yeah, yeah. And she gets away with it. And there's and an episode where she's described as being persistent, and I think that's a. Yeah, mm. that, that describes both. And insatiable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah insatiable. And she, yeah, I mean, she, you know, Mud has a bit of a thing for the ladies, perhaps, just yes. in the same way that she has a bit of a thing for dudes. Yeah. Pretty oh, much yeah. any dude, depending on what Betazoid uh, thing she's going through that week. <laughs> yeah. But that's interesting because when when Diana said that she was insatiable, that was an insult for De- from Diana, but. Lots well, I didn't take it. <laughs> she was, like, she was thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the marvellous things about the character. She's completely confident, comfortable and unashamed. Mm. Mm. She is yeah. she is who she is and you know, that's who she's gonna be. She's chosen to be unashamed as well, mm. isn't she? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So certainly I'd say in Haven and then Probably again in in Manhunt, we, she she is very much presented as a as a comical mm. character, and yeah. she, she's a bit pantomime, I'd say. But one thing that struck me as well is that I actually I thought Haven is actually pretty good for a season. I think episode. so too. Yeah. I was prepared to sit through something terrible because my my memories of early Luaxana appearances. Mm. Uh, are not fond but that's because you know I was like 12 or 13 I wanted to see space battles I didn't want to see um, someone's um, sex obsessed mother-in-law showing up (laughs) hitting on the captain who the hell is this show but I I think Haven's actually pretty good and it's 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 got a meet the parents style vibe to it a lot of the time I thought it was very funny it's got a a great humour there's a great bit there's a there's some very funny stuff with um, Mr. Hartman just oh, drinking lots yeah. of alcohol yeah. and, and that's also a running joke yes. he does that again in other episodes mm, yeah. and the scene um, where he's banging the gong every time yeah. oh, that's, that's genuinely funny yeah. Yeah. So that, that's sort of a um, it's giving thanks isn't it yeah. every time Laxana eats takes literally a mouthful of something Mr. Hartman bangs, bangs the gong, the gong. must he do that as you well know, it is the Beta Z way of giving thanks for the food we eat. You giving thanks 
Besides, you never did this before. I do it now. Unlike some people, I am in growth. And everyone else is flinching every time. Yeah, but yeah. she's completely blasé about yeah. it. Because... Oh, and, a, and the really heavy luggage. I love that. Oh, that, that was a brilliant yeah. little running that's, gag, wasn't yeah. it? That's, uh, yeah. I had a moment watching that episode and seeing that with Picard doing like some like physical comedy and like what, yeah. is, what is this episode? <laughs> is this, this? But it was but it's, it was it was really nice to see yeah. um, uh, an episode of not that not that Star Trek doesn't have a sense of humour, but it was mm. nice to see like a comedic a pre comedic episode of Star Trek. It's one that yeah. works because it's series one and we know it was very uneven. The, no one really had a handle on character or anything, and the best comedy comes from the characters. Mm. And that's still, that one still works. Mm. And you also think that they had no idea what they were doing with Deanna Troy at that point. Mm. And this mm. that was that's that's Deanna's most that's that's her biggest episode that season. I think she's great yeah. in that episode. I mean, yeah, I, I, it was a shame that her kind of slight accent that she had sort mm. of went away. I mean, I don't know what happened there. I mean, I guess it was just something that they didn't think was. It just maybe just the character evolved away from that. I don't know. Mm. The, the actor decided that that didn't need to be a part of the character, perhaps. But I think she's really interesting in that episode. One thing I do like is that for an episode where two people are thro- thrown together in marriage, they do have chemistry. They do. And then they, yeah. I like all the scenes that Deanna has with Wyatt. I think, and Wyatt's a pretty interesting character in, in yeah. Robert Nepper. I can't believe that was um, uh, tea bag from Prison Break. I know <laughs> he looks so young, in this <clears throat> yes. doesn't he? And um, but but that that's that that's kind of almost like the B story, really. Yeah, it is really interesting as well. And they, considering those two stories are quite different, one's quite comedic and one's very thoughtful. Mm. I think they mm. they marry them together quite yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a, it's sort of an arranged marriage story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Basically, Loaxana is is arriving with a husband for. Deanna Troy and mm. I, I, I don't think the episode takes I was thinking from the get go oh, okay I see exactly where this is going right you know there's going to be a bit of a sort of debate about arranged marriage and whether mm. that's right or wrong and then Deanna Troy isn't going to marry the guy because she's going to be sort of more kind of independent and forward thinking of that but that, that isn't how the episode no, goes no she's, she's prepared yeah. to go through with it yeah. and no nobody says Whoa, that's you know, no one starts making comment that it's an archaic tradition and mm. or anything like that. There's no real judgment past unless you look at the two examples of arranged marriages in Star Trek, both tend to come fairly become fairly disastrous. I'm thinking like a mock time, Spock's yeah. arranged marriage to, to bring, which kind of went a bit tits up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this one obviously doesn't pan out, but only because he's always been dreaming of a woman who actually exists and is a space leper. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. And did, I, th- did I, mean, I miss? Sorry, did I miss where they went into why they were dreaming of each other? No, and it's interesting because his family's human, so there's no like telepathic heritage on his no. side. They don't explain a lot about the Torellians, so whether they no. have that. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, but no one questions it. No one says, well. Hang on, if you were Betazoid, I'd, I'd totally get that maybe you could have been in mind contact with some woman for years. But. Well, humans have. Humans have that. Probably have. I mean, it's, not, it's not out of the question that humans have that some sort of ability like that, too. So. I suppose not. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I, I liked that kind of. I think it was nice. It was quite romantic, really. It's like, yeah. You know, it's a, like a nice bit of kind of space mysticism. And, you know, a, 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 ship of, a ship of lepers turning up and having to deal with that. And, that was, that, like was perhaps, that was perhaps more the sort of mm. moral story, story with the yeah. that they had about what to do with them. And the ship, I, like, I quite like their ship, which had like a sort of a bubble, yeah. bubble drive. Mm. Although yeah. it's kind of like <coughs> different. Yeah. It also reminded me a bit of a remote control with a, with a, <laughs> yeah. bubble, with a bubble in the middle. But I, like, I liked it. I, I, I hadn't, I completely, for, I'd completely forgotten about that element of the episode, I have to admit. Mm. My, I, I kind of felt that actually Wyatt Miller was the only person who had an ounce of compassion for that ship and its occupants. The planet was all like, ah, ah, get rid of them, get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. Ah. I mean, yeah, I can understand they would they would be concerned of a risk of like infection. They want to, you know, take various measures, but they were kind of like, and even the Enterprise guys were all a bit like, oh, poor guys, yeah, we better get rid of them before they land on Haven. Wyatt says, well, maybe we could beam over some medical supplies. 
And like everyone looks like, oh, that's a good idea. It's like, for God's sake, did Dr. Crusher not think of it? You can't tell me Dr. Crusher didn't think of that. At the wedding rehearsal dinner, that's where he talks about it to Dr. Crusher, didn't he? Yeah, I was wondering, I'm guessing, is it it some sort of analogy to, I mean, AIDS was a, the AIDS, there was an AIDS crisis in the late 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. Is it sort of, do you think that was maybe what they were? It was very understated, if so. Yeah. Because there was not really much... Although they were, yeah, I mean, they were were riffing on the historic fact of the leper shit, weren't Mm. they? I think there are episodes of TNG where they they do go more more obviously for for an AIDS allegory. Um, Although I, I can't... Brilliantly, I can't think of any one example. I just have a feeling that they do. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing because <laughs> I don't have an episode name that's coming to my mind. I'll edit a bit in where I'm like, it was this episode. <laughs> For now, we'll assume Will has imagined an episode. Oh, well, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done, Will. You are correct, as I'm, always. I'm aware there was an, an AIDS allegory story planned by David Gerald, um, who wrote Trouble with Tribbles. Um, and they sort of removed it, and he ended up leaving the next gen show in the first season because of the the way they treated him around that story and wouldn't do it. So. Mm. But I suppose in this episode with with Lord Waxana, um, in this story she's very. I, I like I like the scenes where she says that um, the father the father of the mm. wife. <laughs> Oh, you did know he's attracted to me. Yeah, <laughs> she's always like that because she she has that bit little line at the end, which again is another repeated joke, where she's like, "Oh, Picard, <laughs> what a thing to think about me." Yeah, Captain. Even Zeno never had such thoughts about me. You may energize. That was meant as a joke, Captain. I was not amused. And she said the, she said similar thing about um, Mr. Holmes' predecessor. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mr. Zeno. Yeah. Something like that. But he had such he had such uh, erotic thoughts of me. <laughs> like, crikey! I mean, it's quite um, um, TNG doesn't go into a sort of sex much I would say it keep it keeps everything quite PG and I would say that the Luaxana is is a she's a pretty sexual character oh, yeah. like she's blatantly yeah. you know she talks yeah. about fruity I mean, stuff all the in time. the in the first season though there is a bit more blatant discussion they're a little bit freer about it you think about episodes like justice, justice yeah. drop of a hat yeah. any hats <laughs> <laughs> you and your hats Tasha that's right that's right. top hat really <laughs> so um. So I kind of thought, not surprised that, that her character sort of sprang from that mm. bit. But she, I think she's one of the few elements that was kept going. They didn't really sort of continue that level of... Um, Raunch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think it was just an indication that Roddenberry felt that people would have moved beyond um, such an in- inhibited state. They would be a little bit freer yeah. and a bit more open yeah. about their sexuality. Um and so he was sort of trying to demonstrate that it's kind of, sort of came off a little bit weird sometimes like, but yeah. um, the other the other um, um, Beta said characters that we've seen in Star Trek aren't really like that are they I mean I'm thinking mm. of Tam Albrun Tam Albrun yeah. yeah he um, didn't seem oh and I'm the oh um, the murdery guy in Voyager <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, Brad Dourif yeah. yeah. Who, I, sorry, I can't remember their character's name. Lon Suda. Lon Suda, yeah. yeah. So, and. It, it, you get the impression that he's just her. her it's yeah. her personality. Yeah. And because, yeah. Because actually, Troy never comes across in such th- in, in that way, does she? No, no. She always seems a little bit. I don't know. It's not not definitely not as open in that level. No, no. But she's and you wouldn't even sort not. of say, oh yeah, she's from a race that's a little bit more sexually freer than 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 repressed old humans. Yeah, she's just, just, just like everyone else. Yeah, in that regard. Um, I guess she's half human, isn't she? Even although there's yeah. that bit in Manhunt when um, they're talking to to Picard, talking about the phase. Oh, yeah. woman's sex drive is qu- 
quadrupled. Oh, when? And then she has, or more, and Riker's like, you never told me that. I love that scene. Because I, I didn't Riker, want to scare you. Riker has to show up to mansplain um, a, a, a woman's sex crimes. Yes. Okay. Sure. <laughs> My mother is beginning a physiological phase. It's one that all Betazoid women must deal with as they enter midlife. Yes, it's something Troy warned me about when we first started to see each other. A Betazoid woman, when she goes through this phase, quadruples her sex drive. Or more. Or more. Um, well, should, we, should we move on to Manhunt? Yeah. But kind of, kind of briefly, because I, actually I think... Just to, just to go back. Sorry, yeah, okay. sorry, sorry, just to rewind. There's a, um, there's a great scene in, in Haven where uh, they do... Everyone does a little bit of exposition about the race of space lappers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets to sit in and, and contribute like a... A factoid. Mm. It was it, that made me chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, hey, Haven. A lot of in a lot of ways, what Haven does is recycle all of the successful <laughs> jokes that they had mm. in uh, not Haven, so yeah, Manhunt. Recycles all of the successful jokes they have in Haven. Yes. And then puts in a butt ton of um, uh, Picard holodeck filler. Yeah. And it sort of amounts to. Yes. I, I, I don't Nothing think Manhunt happens is, in is, the whole of the episode. Yeah, it's it's weird. It is actually it's a, it's a it's a rare episode that there's literally almost no peril. Mm. The, the, yeah. one, <laughs> the peril the very is end. It's is, like a minute. The raunchy oh, yeah. old lady running around. The yeah, ship. she's yeah. the peril yeah. of the episode. <laughs> the the, the one concession not, to um, dramatic peril is that she says, "Oh yeah, one of those is um, it's got a bomb. Oh, it's going to yeah. blow up." Oh, the fish, <laughs> these weird fish yeah. people. One yeah. of whom is um, oh, they're, they're, they're yeah, they're assassins. Yes. Yeah. Mick Fleetwood, I mean, it blows my mind. What an episode to get him in for. I know, it's, it's like, but there was no hint, you know, you could have no. had shadowy figures talking mm. about and such, you could have built this shadowy threat up through it the whole time and have a reveal and build this tension through it. But no, it was literally, at the end, that's the first we hear about it, it's the last we hear about yeah, it. I guess, the funny, I guess the fun thing is, is that, um, that she's annoying all through the episode and then she saves the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. She's really blasé about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did like the the fish alien people. There's a great there's a great it's scene. Brilliant. There's a great scene where Water goes, What a handsome race. Because yeah. 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 Wesley's being really rude about it. Yeah. Really racist. Oh, that's yeah, being... And I'm glad Data calls him on it. Yeah. Because yeah. Data says, Yep, yeah, it's one of the last human prejudices, mm-hmm. you prejudiced little shit. <laughs> Even in this state they possess a certain dignity, a graceful countenance. If you say so, Lieutenant. I think I think I think the card says maybe maybe they think we're as fucked up to them as fucked up as yeah. we think they are. Don't tr- don't try and like displace your racism onto them as well. Yeah. And, and Wolf's in the corner with his like, what a handsome race, <laughs> smashing one up. They're very striking. I mean, they are, oh, I mean, you can't miss them. Yeah, but I thought, yeah, I, I did I did think that that, that it was it was. It was un- it unprofessional to kind of it was a talk bit, about yeah. to, for Wesley to talk about their, mm. their looks and stuff. mind you because the aliens are crying out that yeah, yeah. So they look different and you know <laughs> get over it it's not the only unprofessional moment because later on you've got this scene where Riker's stood at the helm console with his knee up. Mm. Chatting to Wesley oh, Data, yeah. telling yeah. him about how Picard was being like cornered by this voracious man-eating <laughs> yeah. ambassador. And they're all having a bit of a laugh. And then Picard so. walks in and everyone's a bit awkward, like, uh-oh. Whoops. It's, it's such a weird episode, because it's, um, <laughs> it's, like, it's so, it's so boring. There's so, it's such a lack of things that happen. Picard goes <clears> to the holodeck to hide from Waxana Troy because she's, she fancies him. And but he doesn't even do the holodeck program properly. Any time any any story happens in that Dixon Hill program, he's like, well, I just want to relax in my office. That's what I was thinking. I was like, does, does he even like Dixon Hill? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, he doesn't seem to remember I wanna, anything about it. I want to be in a Dixon Hill program where nothing happens. Yeah. It's like, does he understand what the holodeck is? Why didn't he choose a program where he could like sit by a nice lake or something yeah, and relax? Well, I mean, you guys, you guys like your video games. I mean, you wouldn't. Well, you wouldn't, or Jamie, you wouldn't like um, start playing Red Dead Redemption and go, well, wait a minute, I'm going around on a horseshoe. cowboys. Well, I do, I would play Oblivion and just ride around picking flowers, though. Oh, Uh, yeah. yeah. But you would go into the Oblivion sort of holiday, knowing that you could do that and not go, wait a minute, these. 
I want more relaxing flowers to pick. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, the, the Dixon Hill programme and Picard don't seem a, a, a particularly good marriage. No, like, they, uh, they like don't. You like a, like a library. They would just, why not have just have like a library holiday where you can sit in a chair and get kind of I know, hold a penny tumbler of whiskey. I know, yeah. I know what we said, but I actually kind of see, because sometimes I'm like, I, I want to stick on some episodes of Star Trek and not actually watch them I just want them there as background mm. and I'm like I just want you know an episode where you know just can just like feel like the, immersed a little bit into the world and mm. not be caught up in drama necessarily I kind of see where he's coming from he just wants yeah. background yeah. I did yeah. like I did he just like wants to immerse in the world his, yeah. I did like that he invited his sort of his saucy secretary for a drink yeah. 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 to a like, really violent yeah. bar you slide, <laughs> well, you slide like, yeah. Yeah. So I know what you're up to <laughs> His motivation is really confusing because he wants to just have a relaxing. He wants to run time. away from from a woman. He wants to um, yeah. he he wants to you know chat him up. Um, so he goes to the holiday and starts chatting up. A, what? Yeah. What does he want? Well, he, he goes to really in charge, of course. Yeah. Or he wants a younger blonder one. You go to a really dangerous bar where you have to be armed. You you know, they take that revolver with them. So a minute ago, he was moaning because he wanted to have some peace and quiet in his office. What does he even want? And then he's all like (laughs) flicking it open, spinning the barrel, flicking it shut. Yeah, Yeah. 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 you could literally have played that scenario just now, but you stopped it. One thing I did notice is that one of the the gangsters that comes through in the holiday <gasps> program is is the actor who plays Gowron. It is, yeah. Yes. yes. Big crazy yeah. eyes for O'Reilly. We, yeah, yeah, we immediately clocked him because of his eyes. One thing I noticed is we're not talking about Laxana anymore. Oh, yeah. We've completely gone into Picard's weird holodeck habits. I think I think this episode doesn't add much to her character. I think it just re It reinforces we... the legend a little bit, but yeah. it doesn't add anything new. Yeah, we get the kind of comedic things of the really heavy luggage... Mr. Yeah. Hom, yeah. Liking, really liking alcohol. I yeah. think, I think <clears throat> the idea of the phase is the only new thing, but it's kind of like, well, it's it's just exaggerating her, you know, her forthrightness with men that we yeah. saw in Haven. So it's not that bigger. And it's funny that no one thought, well, you know, Miss, Mrs. Troy's got this, this condition or whatever it is. Why don't we set up a holiday program for her and she can she can go to town on on a holographic man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would do it. It's not like Ponfather, is it? It's like it's literally she needs a, she needs to find a uh, husband. Oh, and okay. the holodeck's not unless they keep it, just run a holodeck continually and lock her in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's uh, I would say in its defence, like the, the comedy elements of it, actually still they really work. work. Oh, the, the, it's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. it's actually yeah. for all for all the fact it's kind of a lacklustre episode it's it's enjoyable yeah. and yeah. that's largely for mrs troy i found and myself I, laughing out loud at various mm. points it's very funny yeah and I, I think um i think that she as a character kind of brings that humor out of the other characters as yes. well actually yeah. i think she she works really well with everyone else she's so larger than life but it just it just it completely shifts the dynamic and the atmosphere and it the way everyone bounces off it is it's really well done so even though it's like rehashed the same jokes essentially, it's fun. They're still funny. Yeah, they can be repeated. So uh, that's that's kind of really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like this this episode was sort of the first three appearances of Roxana Troy in TNG felt to me like a little sort of mini trilogy of episodes in terms mm. of how her character behaves and the mm. sort of storylines that she has and especially her relationship with Picard and her infatuation with him seems to be very much prevalent in those first three appearances yeah I guess yeah. it's just that this is like the midpoint in that yeah in that well shall we move shall we move on to mm. Menage Troy <clears throat> mm. yes. excellent excellent pun title is this the one I don't think I rewatched this ah, okay. one is, it, is this the uh, Ferengi kidnap story I flipping love this episode yeah because what's uh, what's, okay. what's beautifully done about this is they turn it around rather than have Luaxana chase down a man who and, and that make that man uncomfortable <coughs> and run away she's now being pursued by an unwanted suitor yeah and I think that's a really really cool way to sort of turn that about um, it's probably the best one of the best uses of the Ferengi by that point in TNG as well because mm-hmm. they're kind of like there's 
they're a little bit comedic. There's still a bit element of threat to them from this, though. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of cool that Neelix is one of the Ferengi. Yeah. Ethan yeah. Phillips is like the really angry Ferengi who doesn't like what his, his Daemon's getting up to. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. I, mm. I just find this... It, it, the, the, the comedy's still there. But also this time, Laxan is, it actually is in a perilous situation. Um, and do you know what? She kind of steps up. Mm. She's pretty heroic. Mm. She happily takes the... You know, she she does the the undercover stuff, seduces the daemon and uh, gets the codes and stuff. So it's... Yeah. It's pretty clear. Well, she doesn't get the codes because that doctor steps in at the last minute. But she she is doing it. And when, it, when the time comes, the Enterprise catches up. She literally does the self-sacrificing thing and like has them send um, Riker and Troy back while she stays. Yeah. And then not only that, she basically orchestrates her own rescue plan <laughs> by giving giving Picard and Troy the tip off of what they should do, playing up that Picard's a jealous ex-lover, which is so so much fun when he plays up to that because yeah. having him stride around quoting his Shakespeare and doing. <laughs> That is so yeah, good. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Let me not. You didn't tell me that you and Captain Picard were. You said you didn't want to hear about my other romances. I have a new love, Jean Luc. And you can't keep killing all my lovers. Now that simply has to stop. Killing? She even. Um, she tells Odo about this episode what uh, when find, she's trapped in a lift with what him, I find interesting she? is that she she does admit that she basically did the nasty with the daemon because <laughs> she says <laughs> yeah. oh and then when we had to make love I'm like whoa they actually did oh my god I always assumed that she just sort of strung him along and then oh my goodness oh my goodness yeah yeah kind of for about an hour and a half after watching that episode I was just like, oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> jeez yeah and um, am I right in thinking we get do we get a bit more sort of backstory on Laxana in that episode, or some some uh, sort of um, background on the Betazoid? We we finally Beta see Betazoid. Yes, that's it. Yeah, they're, they're like trade negotiations. Yeah, the they're in orbit, and then Troy and Riker beam down and have a bit of a picnic. We almost get we almost get a little bit of a kiss between Troy and Riker, um, and then it's cut short by Troy's mother barging in with more picnic. Uh, although when 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 the Ferengi snatch them, it's a brilliant moment when then Mister Holm just wanders back in with some stuff he'd been sent for. He's looking around confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. We've got to point out the, the the brilliant physical comedy acting of Mister Holm. He's he's really good. His yeah. reaction is he brilliant. the giant from Twin Peaks? Yes, he is. Right. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I think he might have been Lurch in the more recent Adams Family films. He was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, he's great. Lurch in the original Adams Family series back then was uh, Rook in the original series. Um, oh. What a little girl's made of. Oh, cool, cool. So there's a history of Lurch a... actors coming into Star Trek. <laughs> oh, that's a great connection. Mm. Oh, cool. And I think he, I, I think he's still with us as well. I think, I think. so. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to check. I think he we... came back for the most recent um, Twin Peaks. Oh, because <clears throat> he never showed up on DS9, did he? No, he didn't. And he didn't make it in for her last TNG appearance in Dark Page. He's referenced, mm. but he's not in it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes, uh, we were just. Gemma's just rejoined us at the table. Hello. She's yes. Checking on children. Yes. Uh, it uh, was wacky. <laughs> we've, we've we've moved on to Menage Troy, ah. um, and I sort of just basically. Waxing lyrical, <laughs> waxing, honouring <laughs> lyrical. Ah, oh, that's nice. too laboured, too laboured. Um, <laughs> I was just saying how flipping awesome it is, and it's maybe one of my favourite waxing and Troy episodes. Mm. And that actually, I like the turnabout that suddenly she's pursued by an amorous suitor. Yes, and it's yes. not interesting. Like, how does it feel now? <laughs> um, Although later on, she des- describes it as not terrible. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, we were saying in, say, yeah. uh, when she talks to him, in, in, in that point, she admits she actually did have the sex with him. Yeah. Like, that blew my mind, because mm-hmm. I hadn't tweaked that before. I was like, oh my goodness, I thought she's just strung him up. Anyway, I'm kind of repeating. <laughs> um, we're, we're trapped in a... This is like cause and effect. To re-explain. So yeah, any, any, any further thoughts on Menage Troy, Gemma? No, I believe you've covered all the bases. Perfectly. Twice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so I guess we could move on to Half a Life. Oh, oh man. 
this episode. Wow. It's so it's emotional. Punch. I, do you know, I, uh, this is my favourite Wana Troy episode. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. But it's also, it's hard to watch. Um, it's, it's so emotional. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's really good, and I think the um, uh, the um, the guest star who plays well, what's the name of the character? David Steers. Yes. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. Mm. Like he's a really good performance, and I think it's it's a really sort of quiet, small episode, and it yeah. it really sort of lives or dies on the strength of the performances. Mm. I, I think, and it's. Mm. I think the beauty of it is it turns it turns our comedic Alexander Troy around. Mm so much and yet it's still consistent it still yeah. works with her character yes and she is she is still sort of comedic and fun right at the beginning of the episode yeah. and 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 it's actually really sweet mm. the, the relationship sweet. they strike up it's really lovely it's, yeah, it's convincing it's, yeah. it's very convincing you, you can see that if he wasn't going to go away and die that that would be it she's yeah. found her it's, man it's lovely right up to the point he has to go all Logan's run on her yeah yeah I, I like in this episode that well the the David Ogden says he plays a character called Timerson. Mm-hmm. Yes. His he comes from a, a race whose whose son is dying, mm-hmm. and I think the Enterprise is there because they found a they found a very similar son in a similar yeah. state. Yeah, they volunteered. Um, the Federation volunteered to help out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Um, they just they blow up a sun in this in this yeah. <laughs> accidentally yeah and they're so meant to make it better the thing that worries me about that is that I'm sure they've done their checks saying well we checked this system there's there's no life there so if we if it goes wrong we blow up the sun yeah. then yeah. it's fine yeah. I hope they I hope but, they yeah. use better systems to check than they exactly. used to check SETI Alpha how many, 5 how many, <laughs> yeah, how many episodes of Star Trek have they been where they've gone down to a planet where there didn't seem to be any life and it's like oh no wait there was actually <laughs> quite complex life here yeah whoops and when what's his name Soreen does it in um, <laughs> in uh, generations oh, they're all up in arms about it they've just done it themselves <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, but the more but after that happens, um, that sort of becomes secondary to the, the yeah, relationship between that's Timberson the real story. And, yeah, and I, I mean, I think the standout moment to me is that point where she's going to beam down mm. and tell the whole race to stop fucking about me or Logan's run and let him live with her because yeah. uh, he's nice and she likes him. Yeah, and she's literally she's on the transport pad. She's almost stamping her foot because all that all that privilege and position that she's enjoyed and sort of played up and everything it's no use yeah. and yeah. the frustration oh my god it's really well done it's like yeah. heartbreaking yeah. because she's on the edge and she just can't she's, she's trying everything she's got and it, mm. all she can't do it because one one simple transporter officer won't beam her down Sorry, Counselor, I'm not sure what to do. Well, I am sure. I am a Betazoid ambassador. I'm a daughter of the Fifth House, and those people are going to answer to me. So you you just energize this damn thing and get me down there. He can't, Mother. He has his orders. His orders don't apply to me. No, they apply to him. And yes. Also, <sighs> with, with having a, an episode where Loxana meets someone who likes her as well, mm. all that... All the energy of a you of the episodes that we've seen before, all the energy where the, a character will be like avoiding her, all that mm. energy can go into can be used differently. Like yeah. there's, there's none of yeah. that. There's not. There's, there isn't that sort of that that kind of friction in the episode. It's um, you, you're able to do that, and that's how it works, isn't it? That's how you can mm. tell a, a different story without the character of Laksana seeming different. It's just mm. that because yeah. it's, it's just that because mm. because she's met someone who reciprocates her feelings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do think there's a case of you know. I do think there's a case of you have two Loxanas. You have the ones for the pantomime. I mean, obviously there are echoes in both, but I think sometimes she's written as a pantomime character, and sometimes she's written as a real person. Yeah, it's a kind of version of the 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 Jessica Rabbit rule, right? She's not. Yes, she's she's just drawn drawn that that way. way. Yeah, (laughs) written that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd argue in this uh, in this episode they they marry the two kind of wax. Yeah, I agree, but well, she's uh, still slightly more. She's not quite as out there even at the beginning. Mm, she's more. Mm. She's more laid back in her in her latching onto a man she finds attractive. And also in this episode, yeah. I guess she's not she's not 
really bothered about interfering in Deanna's life. It's more, mm. it's her mm. story, I suppose, in this one. Whereas in the, I guess Deanna's it, all like, but what about me? What about me? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a scene where she doesn't even acknowledge Deanna. Yeah. Point. And Deanna's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's quite, that's quite a good one. Yeah. They'll come out of the conference lounge, don't they? Yeah. And she's like, there you are. And like, Deanna's like, oh, I'm, oh, you've lost me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. really good. I, th- I think this episode um, makes really good use of, of her character because we get there's a really brilliant scene where her and um, the guy Timotin 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 it's a really serious scene I don't know they have a brilliant de- like debate for ages mm. about um, you know about uh, um, the ch- the- yeah, the ceremony. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, about yeah, about yeah, choice for suicide and yeah, and she has some great. He he gets a lot of the exposition. He sort of explains his side, and she has a lot of really punchy one-liners. Mm. Like, why can't people just die when they die? <laughs> but it, which are really good. Like, mm. she gets right to the point really quickly, and then he we get time with him to to learn about his culture and. Um, and his world and, and why his world have that attitude to to death and there's really interesting stuff about how they have an arbitrary age of death and and why they have that and how that means that sort of takes that burden off the families and mm. stuff and um and she's like the she's like the the audience basically she's like why can't people just die when they die <laughs> setting a standard age for the resolution makes it uniform for everybody to ask individual families to decide when their elders are to die that would be heartless i agree why not let everybody die when they die and uh, I, it works really well i think yeah. it's a great scene um and um uh, and some Rose shows up in this episode. Yeah. In another really, really good scene. Like yeah. they, they bring in just just brilliant actors. It's very, uh, very I mean, she 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 has a really powerful scene, really. Mm-hmm. In the way she's she's come up there to sort of reinforce reinforce her cultural beliefs and like call out Loxana for like how how dare you judge my culture and yeah. our decisions. She could have been a character that you absolutely hated because she was basically showing up saying, "But I think my dad should die." Yeah. <laughs> but but you but you don't. I don't think you do hate her as a character at all. I think you sort of get her point of view. You sort of understand why that's important to her. Yeah, there's this go. It sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Celebrated and you have a nice party. And then you you know I, I imagine she it's not like they. I imagine it's a peaceful. I, I imagine it's a peaceful. Oblivion. Mm, I, don't, yeah. I imagine they don't yeah. kind of murder you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah they just... I assume it's not like a firing squad. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's the most efficient way to kill someone. Or execute oh. someone, sorry. Oh, okay. So, yeah, just maybe I'd rather like have it... firing squad than is that, hanging. Is that efficient? Or is it just nobody knows exactly who did the deed? Or is that <laughs> or is it just that it always works? It always, like, yeah. You I think, yeah. There's less chance yeah, of, you, you, of not dying in firing squad. Yeah, but I mean, if you could hang... Hangings can go horribly That's wrong. That's true. And you know, lethal in, like lethal injection and electrocution can also go. Mm. They can be terribly painful. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't think we're talking about <laughs> execution. <laughs> if you push someone off a really tall building, they pass out before they hit the ground, right? And yeah, and that's always going to kill them. Yeah. What about throwing someone into Ooh, a volcano? Would they would pass also. out from the fumes? Possibly. <laughs> That would be, I mean, then, that would be quite a cool way to go. <laughs> Coming soon, but Rick and Gemma's <laughs> Ways to Kill People Assisted podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Rick and Gemma, how do you want to do it? It's not, not an interesting subject. It's not. No, it is. Um, It'd be a great spot. I, I, yeah, I do think this episode kind of, it does pitch itself quite well in terms of it's not too judgy of, mm, yeah. of that society mm. that does that. The resolution is a celebration of life. It allows us to end our lives with dignity. Ah, celebration of life. Sounds very noble, very caring. What you're really saying is you got rid of the problem by getting rid of the people. It may sound that way, but it it is a time of transition. One generation passing on the responsibilities of life to the next. Yeah. I, I thought <laughs> it was really good through the course of the episode. Luaxana's <laughs> trademark flamboyant costumes darken. Yeah. 
and the the colours become very sombre yes. as, yes. as her yes. mood effects. Because I think she's in quite a jazzy light blue and silver number at one point, mm. where she brings a picnic to engineering. Yes. And then later she's in like very dark blues yeah. and browns. And then she goes copper. Yeah. At point. Yeah. So copper, I thought it was brown. a really that was a really nice added level of symbolism mm. to the way that the normally sort of mm. way like Rosanna has really had such a kick in the um, mm. in her normal mood. They, they do yeah. that a lot through the series. They mm. they represent her mood in her clothes. And I think so, they, yeah. They, in Dark Pays they do, don't they? They do, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's a return to the much more sombre. Mm, and it's commented upon. Mm, yes. Yeah. I, I liked when she was wearing that um, the dressing gown kind of affair when they'd had coitus. Yeah. Do you think they did have coitus? Definitely they had coitus. They had they had TV coitus when they they're still fully clothed. Okay, and it's obviously yeah yeah. Yeah, And they don't they don't mention (laughs) that they just had coitus. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, I think she looked rather good in that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I also like in this episode Picard doesn't entertain the idea of getting involved and trying to stop the the. Ritual suicide. Well, he, he, he no, does offer he, asylum. He, he, yeah, he's, he's willing to go through with that, and he but is he, sympathetic. Yeah, but in fact, when, Tim, let him know. when Timerson decides he's going to go through with the um, with the ritual suicide with Carousel, as it were, he yeah. um, Picard's like, "Are you are you sure? I'm quite happy to I'm quite mm. happy to have a fight with these. I'll throw down with these guys if you want." Yeah. Um, so but he, he would only do it if that. But Timerson's like, "Your effects budget won't go to and when Loaxana goes to him and says, well, you've got to put a stop to this, mm. Picard, and he, he says, well, I can't. Yeah. I can't. It's none of my, it's none it's of my business. Directive. If he asks for yeah. asylum, I can grant it. But Yeah. Yes. But that's, you know, he's, he toes the letter as, as, he's, as he often does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. But it I think is, ultimately uh, that's great because mm-hmm. it culminates in that scene where, as I said, that Loaxana is like in the transport room and she's just completely defeated because mm-hmm. she can't think of anything to do. She can't even beam down and give them all a piece of her mind. Yeah. And then I, I love the I love the end beat where she she goes down to be yeah. with him for the ceremony. So that's that's mm. the end. She really accept, moving accepts scene, his decision and she's yeah. going to go down as a loved one. And yeah. that's yeah. that's quite beautiful. Yeah. And he has to do it obviously mm. because if he goes into sound, they won't accept his yes. research. Yeah. Yes. They they do sort of. They do sort of strong arm into do. doing it. They, they yeah, that's do. that's something that I mean, they, they I would know, literally that, that felt like something. It was a bit like cynical yeah, to because they would you re- became yeah. a non-person. Yeah, if you refused to do it, and therefore all of you know they were willing to sacrifice the future of their yeah, planet. Yeah, they'd reject <coughs> the saving of their own yeah. world. What, yeah, what I don't think they, they would have necessarily, but no. they had to convince him. It's ironic. Yeah, yeah it's, I guess it's ironic that they would willingly sacrifice their world mm. rather than let someone not I mean yeah. I, I'd imagine a large amount of the population would be pretty peed off if they're hang on so we're all going to get killed by our son because you don't want the guy to live to 62 yeah <laughs> yeah, there, there must be, there, yeah but that wasn't his yeah, yeah. What the, I, wonder, Sorry, yeah. I wonder what the figures are around people that live on Timerson's world uh, 59, 58 to 60 that, 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 that if you ask the game of saying, do you are you happy with mm. being Suicided in, well, in, a, in two years' time. Like, yeah. I'd like to see the pie chart. There. <laughs> Before yeah. an outsider confronted him about it, he was. He, well, he wasn't happy to be dying, but he was saying, I'd rather go now when I'm strong and capable mm. and than, than mm. waste away. So That's true. I have to admit, I would rather, if it came to it, I would rather go out healthy and, and able to do whatever mm. I wanted at 70 than... Yeah. And wither away and uh, wither away and into yeah. into well, later life. I don't want to. Yeah, frightening thing about age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it's different. But not by, but not, but, oh, but firing squad. By firing squad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. No, by lady squad. They're going to throw ladies at you. No, sexy ladies. You're battered to death with impacted ladies. I want to have a heart attack from sex and alcohol. Ah, so the curse on way. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Curzon way. Jamaharan to death. I'm right, Call it death by lady squad. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I bet actually on that world, as people get to about fifty-eight to sixty, as last couple of years, there's quite a large amount of them start taking out unsecured loans, having quite a lot of casual sex, yeah. so, you know, and uh, taking recreational drugs yeah. to excess. We did. We did note that 
he wasn't a spelt man. Yeah. And, like, and if you're going to die at 60, no matter what. Why do you have, why why do you have to that? care about what you eat? Well, that is a good point. It takes a lot of that, you know. You should eat healthily to make sure you can live to... Oh, hang on. No, don't worry about mm. it. Yeah. Give me two more pies, please. <laughs> and five cigars. <laughs> maybe you have to make sure you're still alive at 60, though. Maybe if you... Mm. Maybe if you even healthily and die early that's some kind of that's taboo <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah yeah maybe you're recent yeah so you're screwed like Timothy has to die exactly when he's supposed to <laughs> yeah. like if he dies from a heart attack induced oh, by too many pies at 58 put, they wouldn't use his research get all his work files put them in the bin <laughs> the shred, what? The shred. <laughs> one thing we did uh moot was why didn't they just do all the science on on enterprise <coughs> make the torpedoes on enterprise sort the sun out that's the sun sorted out because that's interference yeah that feels like it's against yeah. the yeah but Timerson's they're not some sort of, they're not some sort of fascist oppressor jammer <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we should probably move on from <laughs> half life shouldn't we but what, what, do, 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 do you guys also think Half a Life is good? Oh yes, yeah, really I, good. I, yeah. I think yeah. it's it's so well done because yeah. it turns it turns things around so much in, in the way the character is. Your ignorance is astonishing. I am Luoxana Troy, daughter of the Fifth House, holder of the Sacred Chalice of Reeks, heir to the Holy Rings of Betazet. And this episode is overrunning. <laughs> the sacred chalice of Ricks Rick. is the chalice that me and Rick sit in. Uh, uh, it's like the Council of Ricks from Rick and Morty. Yeah, we're not allowed to sit. Although, when they're not here, we get right We're all over that chalice. chalice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbing ourselves all oh, over the inside. Not just the inside. So we need to take a break before Mr. Hom drinks all of our drinks. Mm. So yes. please join us next time for part two of our Loaxana Troy discussion. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. Bye. Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed her bum? What? Her bum. Oh, no. I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loadexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loweredexradio.co.uk On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like... Uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash loweredexradio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward. Is it something Troy warned me about when we first started to see each other? A betazoid woman, when she goes through this phase, quadruples her sex drive. Or more. Or more. Never told me that. I didn't want to frighten you. <laughs>